Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by OCR athlete and coach Allison Tai. Allison and I had a great conversation, really diving into how the obstacles in life can carry over and help us in OCR, and vice versa, how the obstacles and things that we do in OCR and the training we do for OCR can also carry over and help us in life. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Allison, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I am super. Thanks for asking. I'm super excited to be here and to chat with you. And uh, just to dive into this, I'm, I'm just really excited to be on the podcast. You guys have had a lot of great guests, and I'm just honored to be a part of this and what you're doing and uh, excited to kind of get started with it. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, to dive in, you were brought on my radar by someone else in the OCR world, and I can't totally remember who, but either way, um, just kind of, I loved the conversation we had initially as far as learning about your history and everything. Um, So before we dive into all of that, I would just love for you to introduce yourself um, to the listeners. So who are you? Man, yeah, I've been kicking around in OCR for some time now. (laughs) I'm not surprised that some random OCR athlete had mentioned my name. I have been around. So I started in like, man, 2011, I think was the first Tough Mudder that I did. Um, You know, like anybody, I went out and did that like Warrior Dash, the Gateway OCR, and uh, just totally fell in love with it. I'd been doing road running and trail running and some ultra marathon and triathlon and all that stuff. And I was just like, man, this is great. I'm so glad that this exists. And I just want to do every single race that there is. Um, so I kind of dove in pretty quick. And then I did, of course, like the Tough Mudder the first year. It went to Whistler, BC, Canada in 2011, I think as well. Um, and then, you know, Spartan Race started coming. And that was cool because Canada was kind of one of the first franchises for Spartan. And it was like way back when they had like walls that you weren't sure weren't going to collapse as you crawled over them and burpees weren't even a penalty it's just like you'd run to the top of the hill and then they'd have some volunteer be like do some burpees and then you do like really bad burpees that (laughs) would not qualify as a burpee these days um at all but uh, so that's where I started and it's kind of funny it's such a new sport to think like oh I'm like one of the old guards you know I've been around since the sport started since it's new but it has come a long way so it's been cool to be part of the ride there so you know I got really quickly into like I did sprints and supers and beasts and ultra beasts and um, got really quickly into the endurance stuff because you know my background was like ultra marathon running and Ironman triathlon so I really like the like long adventure days out there so I quickly kind of took to like Tough Mudder in their endurance series I did um, the toughest series I did world toughest mother a bunch of times and, uh, just, you know, loved every minute of it. I'd still do like short stuff and long stuff and just kind of anything that came my way just cause, uh, I loved it so much. I don't do very much anymore. Um, you know, I'm more into the coaching side for sure. Now, uh, we just kind of have other projects on the go, but most like obstacle races here at our firm and my husband sets them up for school. So we still, you know, like we have a rig and walls and all that stuff right in the backyard. So still a big part of my life and obviously part of my perfect. Um, but uh, definitely uh, nowadays, especially, it's just hard to get around and, and do those races. So looking forward to that kicking back up a little bit in Canada. But uh, it's just great to just continue to be a part of this like amazing sport that we all know and love and that just kind of keeps changing and getting better. Hey. Eh? Awesome. Awesome. Um, are you, I'm curious, are you able, 
what's the story? I know it constantly changes. What's the story you'll be able to leave Canada to do any races in the States? You know, it does constantly change. And I'm just like, oh, um, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things, I think November is when they first opened up the border. There was some, like you could get across, but then people would get stuck continuously. Um, so right now, I believe that it is open, but it's very hard to travel because airlines are short staffed and then there's all this testing protocol. So it's just like, oh man, I'm just not, unless I absolutely have to go somewhere, am I going there? So um, it's just a really big thing. And, you know, we have a bunch of animals here on the farm and two young ones and stuff like that. So, um, you know, maybe if I was young and single and didn't have any animals and all that stuff, uh, I might be a little bit more inclined to travel. But it just comes in such a big risk with all of those uncertainties that uh, I have not done any traveling. And then, of course, because I'm from British Columbia, um, you know, we had 120 degree Fahrenheit days on days and no rain and tons of fires. and the closest city here actually burnt down right to the crisp, um, like right down to the floor in the summer. It's awful with the heat dome. And then we had these floods that wiped out like just huge swaths of the nearby cities and took out our road system and all that stuff. And then we had, you know, like four feet of snow drop. Just And we're not in a, you know, people are like, you're from Canada, don't you get snow? But not lots of snow for sure where we're from on the west coast here it's it's um pretty uh unique how much snow we just got and then um that's all melting and we're gonna have another atmospheric river so tons more rain and avalanches and mudslides so you know even if it wasn't with the covid just with the amount of um un uncertain natural <laughs> disasters any kind of travel becomes pretty out of the question at this point so definitely sounds like it you know what? All this OCR training, I swear to goodness, it is paying off. Like I'm shoveling like big, wet, heavy snow drifts off roofs and stuff. And I'm like, man, if I didn't do OCR, I couldn't climb up onto this roof and spend, <laughs> you know, four hours pushing snow and still be okay with life, you know? And just like, it just teaches you to have, like my friend came over the other day and he does uh, obstacle course racing as well. And, you know, we're just joking around and like appreciating the the workouts, um, the strong workout of, of pushing snow off roofs and stuff. So it's just like, it kind of just changes your perspective, even just to these like obstacles that you run into in everyday life. It's pretty profound, right? That, you know, it just changes the way that you think and that you approach life and just what you're capable of doing. And, and that's, that's pretty amazing, right? That the sport has given me so much. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's a great way to look at it too. Cause like, yes, it's a sport we compete, but um, there's just so much carryover to function in life that it's, it's pretty awesome to see that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like for a runner to climb up on a roof, that's, you know, and like push snow all day, they're going to get sore in all kinds of ways, but we're carrying stuff. We're climbing on stuff, you know, like we have the cardiovascular fitness. Like, it's just like, it's so cool because it's so functional and it just has all of the components to being like a capable human being, right. Woven into the training. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's just kind of one of those things that if you have a background in a certain sport, you know, soccer or whatever, you're going to be good at like sprinting and kicking a ball and stuff like that. But if you're good at OCR, it's like anything that confronts you in life, you're going to have some ability to manage, or even just like adventures. You want to go out and do any kind of sport or any kind of adventure in the mountains or the woods or whatever, you're going to be 
better able to like manage yourself out there and, and better able to just have a good time because you're just so functional. Like we may not be good, like great at any one thing, but we're pretty darn good at most things, right? Just from being exposed to so much and training through so much. So I just think that's like the coolest part of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let's back up a little bit because you definitely went through a period in your life when you were not dysfunctional and not climbing on roofs to shovel snow off of them. Um, yeah, because you were in a pretty traumatic accident. So I want to back up to that and just kind of, you know, talk about that, not necessarily the details of the accident, but more of the recovery process, just because from where you were and kind of the, everything you went through, through that process is pretty phenomenal to see then where you are today. So I would love for you to share some of that story with us. All right, done. Um, so yeah, just the long story short. So it's hard to make a long story short when you're as wordy as I am. But um, I was riding my bicycle, training for a triathlon. So I was riding like a, a triathlon bike, a road bike, down the highway. And I got rear-ended by somebody who was speeding on the highway. So going out over like 100 kilometers, 60 miles an hour kind of thing. He was looking down at his radio dial and he rear-ended me. Um, thankfully, I was on a titanium bike. Um, you know, I didn't lose my life as I probably would have if I was riding like a carbon frame or something, but uh, I ended up breaking my back and uh, being put in a full body cast, like a clamshell for, you know, about half a year and then breaking my pelvis. I had kind of a dancer's avulsion fracture. So it's basically where my leg just kind of popped off my uh, pelvis. I was trying to slow myself down when I was bum sliding in the ditch at a million miles an hour. <laughs> I just went pop out to the side. Um, and then I broke my arm. I had a compound fracture. So the bones came out and the next guy that came on the highway actually like held my bones into my arm. I'm like, Oh my God, I, there's no way I'd be able to do that. What a, what a hero that guy was. Um, and then obviously messed up my shoulder a bunch with soft tissue and, and neck and stuff like that. So, um, you know, some, some definite bone injury happening there, lots of soft tissue stuff and, uh, just a total, upheaval of what I had known as life up to that point you know I was young and doing triathlon and you know just feeling really great about my fitness and and where I was and how capable I was in life and then all of a sudden one day you're like I can't even roll myself over in bed you know like I had to have a baby monitor and uh, thankfully my mom who's amazing he she went and did all these courses basically where you would learn how to take care of somebody who was not able to take care of themselves. So, you know, she had her house fitted because I couldn't like step into the bathtub. Right. So they'd put me in this little like bathtub elevator, <laughs> like wind it up and they push me over to the side of the tub and then wind it down to get me into the, the bathtub and, and just all these things, like these little things that you don't even realize. And so she went and took a course and then got her whole house like retrofitted and took care of me but if I needed to say roll over in the middle of the night I'd have to yell into the baby monitor and she'd have to come and flip me over I couldn't turn myself and so it's like things like that that you don't even like take into account when you're like a super able-bodied person how uncomfortable that is when you're like oh my god all the blood is rolling right to one side of my body and I cannot even do anything about it I'm just so like fragile as a human being but um, I was so well supported and you know my mom really was amazing and really kept um, the optimism going for me and really kept me interested in other things that's when I went and did my fitness certification and nutrition certification and all that stuff and kind of deep you know kind of jumped into the world of helping other people you know when you're in that kind of situation you almost feel so helpless that it's it's was really really insightful of her and just 
amazing of her to find that motivation for me to keep going was in helping other people. So, you know, that worked out really well, just in terms of keeping me positive and stuff. And then just embracing all the little challenges, like, you know, as a endurance athlete, I mean, we love challenge, don't we? And we love overcoming it. And now all of a sudden, my life was so full of challenges, every little thing. Um, I had a cast from my very middle, the very end of my middle finger, all the way up to my shoulder. It had to be like specially made because I had busted through my radial nerve and I had no feeling at all in that arm. And um, yeah, so I had that on the one side and then I had the broken hip on the other side. So I had a crutch on that side and then I had the cast and the full body cast for my torso. And I mean, I was pretty immobile and, and it was pretty tough because one hand's on a crutch, one hand is <laughs> totally dead from nerve damage. So um, trying to like figure out how to do things creatively um, and just kind of overcome the, the little daily challenges that just mount up so quickly when you just, um, you know, you're stuck in this new body that that has. Um, just a constant barrage of difficulties uh, it was a really eye-opening experience and one that you know I, I definitely wouldn't wish upon anybody but um, it was one that I would never trade what was so going from there like what was that process like because obviously you were very much bedridden for the most part um, and then eventually you got yourself back to being able to do OCR um, and I mean, this was obviously before your OCR time too. So what was that process like the, the rehab process and like just trying to get back to function again, let alone running again, um, throughout that. Yeah. Um, so before that I was really into triathlon and I had always kind of imagined myself going back into triathlon. Um, I obviously came with some <laughs> hesitancy on the bike. Um, so it was, it was really tough. Like I could ride a trainer indoors, obviously fine, but you'd get me out on the road and I'd just be like a total basket case. If somebody came too close or, um, you know, I heard a car coming off beside me, I'd just throw myself in the ditch. And, um, you know, it, it was very hard to get back on the bike and be comfortable training. Um, so that, you know, kind of shut down the, the cycling portion for me. And then with swimming, I had such bad nerve damage. I was trying to, you know, read like how people have made different swimming braces and stuff and I just couldn't rig up anything like um so basically when I hit the water my hand would just be like a dead weight so no matter what I kind of rigged up it would stop and like I'd push myself back into the water as soon as that arm went in so it was really frustrating and at that point in my life they weren't totally sure that that arm would ever regain feeling um or movement so it's kind of one of those things where the swimming and the biking wasn't working. And I did really love running. And that was always my love. Uh, even when it came to triathlon is I was always looking forward to getting off the bike and getting to go for a run. So I was like, you know what, let's just focus in on the running because that's really the piece that's working best for me now. So I really focused in on that. But then at the same time, obviously the rehabilitation side of things was quite um, significant, right? It was, it was like a, probably at least a part-time job. So I was going to like Pilates and yoga and all that like typical rehabilitation stuff. And then I started doing more strength work in the gym. And I found that to be like really, really immensely helpful. I know um, the back surgeons and stuff really cautioned against lifting anything more than 10 pounds and, you know, the impact of running they were very concerned with. But I felt better if I was doing heavy, heavy deadlifts 
and, and, you know, heavy squats and stuff. My back just felt better. It felt stronger. Um, and so I just kind of continued down that path and started doing more in the gym for sure. I started going to CrossFit, um, especially after I had my older daughter, you know, there was like the mom's CrossFit class. And I was like, Hey, these pull-up things are kind of fun. And, um, so started getting into it that way and then was coaching running. And, uh, the lady that owned the running store was like, there's this warrior dash thing. And I was like, Oh, I'm a real runner. I don't want to <laughs> do that. And she was like, no, no, I'll do it. It'll be fun. I was like, ah, oh, fine. This is so lame. And then I went out and I was like, this is the most fun thing I have ever done. And we went as a big group. So there was a lot of like waiting around at obstacles and, and whatnot, but you know, it was just like ridiculous I just had a smile on my face was laughing the whole time and I was like I don't care if I consider myself to be a real runner or not this is what I want to be doing and uh, so I just kind of fell in that way right and, and just the constant challenge of it all I really like there's always something that you can be working on there's always something that you're new at and that you're not so good at um, so it's one of those it's like I don't know very many sports that are like this but it's one of those um you know, the things that you can dedicate your life to that things are constantly always going to challenge you and they're always changing and you are always going to have something to work at. Um, and not just like at the upper margins, right? Like sometimes like with running, you're like, oh, I'd really like to take four seconds off my 10K time. <laughs> it's like, you're eking away at little margins. But with OCR, it's like, man, if you can get like better lock off or if you can, you know, um, get strong can take significant chunks of time out just because there's so much involved right and that just kind of arcs back to the fact that there's so many components and so many skills and so many strengths involved that it really prepares you for almost anything that you want to do in life or have to do in life mm -hmm. absolutely let's take a quick break to talk about power insole when i first heard about this product i was automatically turned off because of the name I thought it helped support the foot, which was a huge no for me. I quickly found out I was wrong. Power Insole is a 2x2 gel pad that goes inside your shoe that works on your body's cells to help improve your recovery and your performance. I've been testing this out for a couple weeks now and really am amazed by the results. Like My body just feels better, my legs don't feel as heavy. And one really cool thing is you can put it on an area that's maybe injured or just achy and that pain and stiffness goes away quickly, or at least it did for me, which I thought was awesome. If you are looking for just a simple, easy way that you can enhance your recovery and your performance, I really encourage you to check out Power Insole and give it a test ride for yourself. You can find more information about them and pick up one for yourself at getyourfixpt.com slash powerinsole. And if you use code getyourfix at checkout, you can save 10%. You can also go to my partner's page, getyourfixpt slash partners, and find the link directly to Power Insole as well as all my other partners. And now let's get back to the show. What are actually, do you still have any residual effects in the arms at all as far as do hanging or anything like that? Does it impact you? Yeah, it's funny because I get that a lot. People are like, so when did you recover? When were you done recovering? I'm like, I don't really know if I can like point to a time um, just because it's kind of constant, right? Like with my hip breaking, I just like one of my knees kind of ducks in and my foot kind of goes out. Um, and then, you know, with the arm, I can't, I have no feeling in the radial 
triangle at the end there, you know, like the pointer finger and the thumb, kind of where they join. I can feel it. Like if something touches me, I know something touched me. I just don't know, um, you know, if it's an ice cube or if it's like a lit match. I can't tell the difference because it's just the feeling's bad. Um, and then I'm just, I'm not as strong grabbing with that hand, but even though I can't really feel stuff as good, I'm pretty surprised really at how my grip isn't that much worse. I remember when I started OCR, it was a big thing when I'd come into a ring, a rig, sorry, if there was a challenging hold, I'd have to place like my hands properly in terms of getting my good hand on the harder hold. And now less so, you know, it's not necessarily as strong, but I'm not as stressed out about it. Um, and it, it, it's surprising really how the body adapts. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty amazing that way, right? You know, like back tightness and stuff, you just got to get on on it like anything else and I think even though I have broken my back and, and that I have some like residual stuff and tightness in my back and I can you know feel it pinch if I move funny or whatever said probably has a lot more back pain than I do for sure so I think it just comes down to to keep staying moving and you know we all have little tweaks and niggles <laughs> and quirks in our body and it's it's really just about making the best of what you have and the body really responds to that and goes a long way, no matter what you have under the surface, you know, um, you can always make it better. So I think, you know, we all have that stuff, but just do your best to make it better. And uh, you'll be surprised at how well your body responds to that. Awesome. I'm curious because um, you mentioned yourself, like the doctors didn't want you lifting over a certain amount because you're back and everything. What, and I know like, that a lot of people are told that by their physicians, what was it that made you decide like, it's okay to lift heavier, or at least I'm going to challenge myself. Um, was it someone that someone else that you talked to that told you that, or it was just kind of your mindset about like challenge the body? What, what was that like? It's just kind of, I think how I was raised. I just don't, you know, like my, my parents are, are very typical, like Alberta, <laughs> born people that are like just you know cowboy up kind of thing and, and just do what you can and uh you always challenge yourself because that's what makes you stronger right so that's just kind of I think always been my mentality um just in terms of like doing what I can and what I know that I can um I think you know it might also be just it's a form of stupidity that runs in my family. Like my brother ran a marathon with absolutely no training just because he thought that he could. And you know what he did, but we're just kind of stubborn um, people that kind of, I, I think maybe overestimate our abilities sometimes. Um, but that's just kind of how we were raised to do things. Like if somebody else can do it, why can't you forget the fact that you broke your back or you've never run before? Of course you can run a marathon tomorrow, you know, like, probably just a little crazy is what it comes down to but and it wasn't like I was like okay the doctor said I couldn't lift more than 10 pounds so I'm gonna go deadlift as much as I can you know it was a slow progression for sure but I, I think I just never really you know I heard it but I, I just never really took stock in it I know one of them was like oh have you ever heard of ballroom dancing because I think ballroom dancing is where it's at for you and I was like well, I don't think that's where it's at for me I want to go lift heavy things and run around um, and, uh, you know, you just get reinforced by like, Hey, this feels right. Like I, my body feels much better moving than it does sitting still. Like the worst I could do for my back, I swear to goodness, is just sit around. 
um, because it just gets tight and sore and just miserable. And all I can think of is how much my back hurts. But if I keep moving, I mean, it's really fine. I might have a little bit of tightness here or there, but um, it's really the, I hate the, the cheesy line, but movement really is medicine. I mean, bodies are just meant to move. They are not meant to sit stagnant and they just will adapt to kind of whatever you throw at them as long as you introduce it intelligently, right? I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, no, 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 movement hurts my back. I've, you know, just been sitting around for three years and then I went to respond to what you introduce it to. And if you do that in a smart way, then it's just the way that bodies are meant to be. And, and you'll experience so much less pain and, you know, that strength will carry over to everything that you do in life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I find it really funny that the whole ballroom dancing thing, like why that versus like yoga or Pilates or something else? Yeah, no, it's ballroom dancing. And it went on and on and on and on. And uh, I was just like, I don't, you seem really into, I think he was probably a ballroom dancer, but that was the thing, right? It's like, okay, you need to just give up on these like super intense sports. And I'm like, is it super intense though? I mean, like, these are all like everything that you do in OCR, people have been doing since the dawn of people, right? Um, And there are, you know, certain things like Pilates and yoga and that really, um, you know, was instrumental in terms of teaching my body how to move better and like be more balanced and stuff. I think maybe without that foundation, um, I'd have struggled a bit more, but you know, for me, those are like launch points. Like once you get the movement down and once you get all your, your muscles like firing symmetrically and the right ones, um, you, that's use that then to like do things that humans do in life. Right. Um, and, and I think, you know, like, especially with the Pilates or whatever, in terms of like learning how to activate your core and all that stuff, I mean, translate those movements then to things that, you know, you want to be doing and and challenging movements. It's fine. People like get into Pilates and they stay there for life. But for me, it really is just like the foundation of how you should be moving. And then, you know, you move forward with that. And those are your new patterns for every single time that you move your body. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm curious. Um, so obviously you are, you're a coach now you do a lot of like, that's where your focus is. How does, or does the, you know, the trauma that you went through, the rehab process, the everything that you did to rebuild that base, rebuild where you're up, how did that all impact like how you function now as a coach, how you program and talk to people and and all that? Well, it's kind of hard because, you know, I was never into fitness as a child. I was terribly slow and I, there's nothing that comes naturally to me in terms of body movement at all. Like I'm just clumsy and, um, you know, I'm not fast or any of that stuff. I'm not powerful. I'm not, you know, like a natural athletic person. And we all know those people. I'm somebody that came to it and, you know, really had to fight my way (laughs) into any sort of athleticism. It was just a lot of work. So, you know, I think even without the accident that I probably get it, you know, a lot of people see somebody that's done decently well in athletics or whatever. And uh, they think, oh, they must've been born like that. Like they, they came out of the womb running and doing all this stuff. And my gosh, I couldn't do a pull up. I couldn't run five kilometers, like as an adult, as an early adult, it was only when I went back to school and college and I started to, you know, jog and stuff that I found that. So, you know, I think even without the accident, I just understand 
the process of getting fitter. And I understand the process of like the proper progression from like zero to, you know, your best self, so to speak. But everybody kind of starts from wherever they start and that you kind of move slowly through those levels. And I think sometimes if somebody is one of those natural athletes, they may kind of miss some of those. And like just the feeling of how hard everything is and how far off you seem from doing anything. And that's actually why I love what I do is because those feelings are so recent for me, right? Like I, the thought of even like walking across the streets to me in 2006 after I got hit was like, unbelievable like I'm like someday I will walk across the street you know someday I will be able to do a pair of jeans up like those are things that are like pie in the sky crazy goals for me at that point so like for even those little things to just seem so far away I see the same thing in my clients in terms of like you know man doing a pull-up that is so far off that is so far away and that's why it's worth doing, right? It's because now when you finally do that pull up and if you do the work, you will, I've seen it a thousand times, you know, I've been there where I'm like, there's no way I'm ever gonna be able to do a pull up. And I'm like, wow, when did this happen that I could do like so many pull ups and they just seem easy. Um, but that process is just magical. And it's cool to be able to walk through that with people because, you know, I'm constantly on the hunt for more, um, more challenges that will make me feel that. But to be able to feel that with my clients as they walk through that process of becoming that new person of doing things that they to their core don't think that they're capable of doing is just incredible it's like nothing else like that is the secret to loving life is just to find things that are too hard for you to do that you don't think you'll ever be able to do and then to do them that's awesome yeah I remember one thing that you mentioned when we were talking before as far as through that recovery process was um and we kind of brushed on this a little bit was just breaking everything down into small little goals. So not looking, like you just said for that walking across the street, but it's like, what's that next step of the process in order to get there. Um, and I think that's super important. And even like for getting a pull up, like, you know, I think it's the same thing. It's, um, when we have these big, what seems unreasonable goals in front of us at times, like, I think it does really help to break it into that. Like, well, what's that next step that I need to get to that final outcome. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, like if you can't do pull-ups, you're not just going to be like, I'm just going to keep trying to do pull-ups until I can do pull-ups. I mean, that might work, but probably not. Right. Um, and then you miss the whole amazing journey part where you're like, I can't do a row. To the so there's like all these little wins along the way. Right. And so who wants to miss that? Right. So not only is that really the only way to like conceivably do something as hard as a freaking pull up, but it's like all those little celebrations along the way that keeps you motivated. Right. Like every time you do that, that's a little hit of dopamine. Right. That's a little like um, chisel in that crafting of this person that you want to be. So like it's just that's what keeps you going It's just these little micro goals. It's just really the only way, right? And it's um, it's just all a part of that marvelous journey. And it drives me crazy when people don't celebrate that. And they're like, oh, I'm going to do like obstacle racing. So I'm just going to go and do the world's toughest matter. I'm just going to skip everything. And I'm like, don't, don't skip everything. Like, you know, and don't like your first race, don't go out there and be like, I want to win or I don't even care. And it's like, whatever, the whole experience sucks. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like you have to like 
enjoy the first one just because it's the first one, right? And then the next time it's like, you need to pick another goal and enjoy that. But if you just go right to the top, then it's like, oh, why would you do that? Even if you could, because then you missed everything along the way. And that's that everything is where life is, right? That's, that's the part that makes it worth living. That's the part that makes it worth doing, right? Is just having that thing that seems so hard and so unachievable and going after it and getting it. And, and that's in training, that's in racing, that's just, you know, overarching everything. And you just don't want to miss that, not for anything. And I think it's so hard. Like it's something I've struggled with for years and I'm getting better at now. And that is celebrating those small wins. Cause so many times, like, and it's something I've started journaling on too. Like every night now I write down, like, what is my win for the day? Um, just because every day we do have wins, it's just, they're small and little and we don't realize it. And then all of a sudden the end of the year comes and it's like, oh my gosh, like I accomplished a lot this year. And so I think it's really yeah, but you didn't get to celebrate it. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't notice. Yeah, exactly. That's such a smart thing to do in terms of just like writing it down and recording it. Cause then it gives you that reflection, right? And then you see those numbers because you're you're like sitting there writing them down. And so even if it's just whatever I did, uh, 10 squats at 100 pounds yesterday, and now I did 10 squats at, you know, 105 pounds, maybe you won't notice that like small differences that you do when you write them down, right? And it just gives you that reflection time. So that's a really good process. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else that we haven't talked about today that just with whether it's your coaching or, you know, your experiences that you've been through that you feel would be really important to bring up and talk about today? Man, um, I don't think so. I think that was just about it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's like really one of those things that I miss being a beginner in OCR, right? And I, I love the fact that I was around for the time I was around and it was the beginning and everything. But, you know, I think people just forget to just savor every second of being a beginner in a sport um, and how special and how magical that is. Because by the time you've done it enough, you're never going to get those days back, right? It's like having little kids or anything that it's just real easy to get too wound up in everything and just miss all of those like little moments and those little celebrations and uh, just being new at something and having a new experience. Right. Um, So, yeah, I just, you know, I always try to recommend to people that they really savor every second of that because it, that is really where it's at. Beautiful. (laughs) Well, if someone wants to talk to you, if they have questions for you, if they just want to follow your journey, where can they find you? Um, you can find me at Facebook, Allison Ty. I don't think there's any more of me. So A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I. Um, you know, I have a website, allisontai.ca, I think is the easiest one. Um, and then I am on Instagram. I think it's Grit Farm Fitness, which is my farm here. Um, and then it's their periods between them. Uh, so Grit Farm Fitness. I'm really bad at Instagram messages, though. So send me one of Send me one on Facebook. Uh, definitely showing my age. Uh, but yeah, any of those ways, reach out. I, there's not too many Allison ties. So I think even if you Googled it, I'll come up somewhere. <laughs> awesome. Sounds good. <laughs> well, Aslan, thank you so much for your time today. It was really great talking with you and hearing more about your story. Yeah, you too. Thanks for the time. This was great. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. And before I close out, I have two questions for you. Do you feel like you're in a plateau with your progress? Or do you feel like you're stuck in an injury cycle? Both of these issues are very common and both of them can be fixed very easily. Most often, both of these issues come down to how you're training 
or more importantly, what's missing in your training. By figuring out what's missing and adding that in, your training performance will improve, your racing performance will improve, and your injury cycle will break. I invite you to get on a free 30-minute consultation call with me to discuss what's going on with you, your life, your training, so we can really figure out what needs to be done to improve that. So head over to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash doc to book a free call with me. Thank you again for listening today. I greatly appreciate it and I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And until next time, let's go out and be highly functional.